What's up, everybody? Welcome back to uh, another uh, edition of The Art of Closing, brought to you by Erie Home. Super excited about this session. We've got uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Big Shoots, Cade Kelly, down from uh, Wichita, uh, the Wichita office. So uh, first off, Cade, thanks for jumping on here. Yeah, you bet. You know, I, uh, you know, we were talking earlier, Carl, I'm, I'm excited for other guys to hear this and, you know, everything only makes us a little bit better. So hopefully this puts some extra money in some guys' pockets and, and helps everybody out. So I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. I, I'm excited about this one, guys. We're today, we're going to get into step two and we're going to talk uh, about uh, the philosophy. And I feel with Cade's meteoric rise, you know, Cade as, as a salesman and now you know, a general manager and the success you're having building, uh, building Wichita up and already hitting a million dollars back in period seven within your first seven months. Super, super exciting. So, uh, but before that, I want to give everybody just a brief run through, you know, you started with us uh, down in Springfield with Bishop Payne and uh, all the way back in, uh, was that June of 2020? And yes, sir. Yeah. And, you know, did a great job there. And you had an opportunity to to go up to Kansas City. So you jumped up there in May of 21, uh, became a senior rep with Olson. Not very long after, a handful of months, you got bumped up to the ASM role. And then around that time, I think we approached you, uh, might have been sooner than that, about um, you know getting your own office. And that happened in December of, of 21. And uh, I was there with you, I remember. Uh, we had a great time. And look at the success you're having now. So super cool. So, yeah. you know, um, I want to kind of start off with, you know, what do you feel has made you successful? You know, obviously you're part of this new era now that are coming in and guys are moving up super, super fast inside a year or two and becoming a general manager. Um, oh, yeah. You know, what would you say, uh, you know, has made you successful so far? Well, th this is, that's, that's such a good question. And this is one of my favorite things to talk about. Why I, I kind of struggle to, to keep my interviews short and sweet because I, I tend to oversell Erie a little bit because, you know, talking on the things that make guys successful at Erie, it's, it's one of my favorite things to talk about because, and that's why I think guys like me and, and other guys within the company are so passionate about this company is because it, it really, it's not a sales tactic to get people to join in with this company. I mean, it can be, it really is, has been life-changing for me and my family, but you know, the, the things that make guys successful at Erie, you know, are, are things that don't require talent. And, you know, I think that's a good marker for me. And that's something that's, you know, I remind myself constantly is, you know, whether it was a sport or whether it was selling or whatever I was doing in life, it wasn't because of talent. That's for sure. Right. And uh, that's what everybody who interviews with me is you don't need talent to succeed with Erie. So, you know, if, if it was me personally looking at myself in the mirror, what's made me successful, I, I would say three, three short and simple things. Um, number one would be discipline. Um, and I think discipline is something that's more of a hot button today than it is, you know, something that's actually exercised. And it's something that I feel is, is lost in today's day and age is discipline. Um, you know, there's a good story and a good analogy. I'm sure everybody's heard a rendition of this um, story about like the woodcutter. He takes a job as a woodcutter. His first day he does great. He cuts 20 trees down. Uh, the next day he does 16. The day after that he does 12. And he, he's mistaken and he thinks that he's losing his strength. Well, he didn't really lose his strength. He, his just ax wasn't as sharp as it was on day one. And so 
the discipline that that has and the overlay that has with Erie is that we have a selling system that's beautiful in the fact that it works in 54 different locations, right? And so, you know, if you're just disciplined and you stay in the book and you practice what we preach, I mean, I tell all my guys this, they're probably so sick and tired of me telling this than this, but it's very true. I've never seen a guy walk in Erie's doors who knows that KPSS like the back of his hand and has failed. Um, you know, so the writing's on the wall. As long as you come in and you're disciplined um, and you know that KPSS, you're going to succeed. Um, and another thing, I can't remember who I heard say this, but it's so very true. After your first 30 to 60 days with Erie, once you kind of get your feet wet and you, you kind of see how the business runs, everything after that, your successes, your failures, what have you, it's 100% mental. It turns into a 100% mental and attitude game. So the discipline for me is really what's what's helped me be successful. But the other two are balance. Um, balance is a big one that is in sales. Um, you know, work life balance and sales don't aren't always conducive. Right. Um, but balance for me was huge because it, it helps prevent burnout. You know, spending time with my wife and my family and getting away. You know, my background is a strength and conditioning coach. You know, the burnout is real, whether it's in sales or whether it's being an athlete, if you don't give yourself time off, you're never going to be fresh. And when salesmen are the most dangerous is when we're fresh and when we're, you know, all cylinders are firing. So balance, balance is good. You know, there's, you know, we want you to have a life with an Erie. We want you to be dedicated, but don't be afraid to take time to yourself and spend time with family. Cause you'll be surprised when you come back, you're just firing on all cylinders. Um, but the third thing that I think has made me really successful is um, having a chip on my shoulder, you know, not to get too in depth with, with uh, my background, but, you know, I'm a small town kid that, you know, grew up in a high school with, you know, 40 people in my graduating class and I wanted to play college football and hey, nobody looks at a five foot 10, 220 pound offensive lineman. And so, you know, I having that small town chip on my shoulder and, you know, when I joined a company like this and I could see every week that there were people who were making more sales than me and, and doing better than me. Well, it put a chip on my shoulder and I wanted to constantly beat everybody. And that's, uh, that, that's the cool thing about our about Erie is that there's always somebody to compete with, not only yourself, but other offices, other salesmen. So it kind of quenched that thirst for competition. Um, and even in days like today, you know, a Friday of a week, I'm finding, I'm looking at other offices, trying to find who we can beat, who we can edge out. So it's just, it's that comp having that competition and chip on my shoulder. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, those are the three things that if I would have to say has made me successful is, you know, discipline balance and, and having a chip on my shoulder. Yeah, very awesome, awesome, awesome. I, you know, you guys that are listening, uh, I hope I hope that was as awesome as it was for me being doing this for 15 years, hearing a guy give you give you three things that have made him successful. I mean, you could ball that up and put it put it out to everybody. That that that's what it would be. So good, good stuff, good stuff. I appreciate you sharing that. All right, yeah. let's get into the purpose of the call today. Um, but before we, I'm, I'm tiptoeing as you can see to step two. But because another thing I want to uh, to bring up is I, I have the privilege, you know, Kate is in, in my region, uh, which is the Midwest regions, you know, our funny nickname is the gateway region. And so I've had the privilege to watch him from being a, you know, a new rep to a new manager to where he's doing now. And one thing, Cade, and this, this is involved in step two, because I remember you telling me you did this, your networking skills um, are really, really strong. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen a newer manager come in, believe it or not, guys that are listening and make the amount of phone calls and have the amount of relationships that, that you have, not just in the region, but outside the region, corporate people, you name it. So you want to just share just, you know, in a nutshell, uh, cause we, I want to get into step two, the purpose of today, but 
you know, can you share a little bit about, you know, what, what's made you network? Cause I think we can all do a better job. I could do a better job at networking. Sales reps could do a better job. So, you know, share with us your philosophy there. Yeah. Well, the philosophy behind it for me was I always remember, and this is, you mentioned Bishop Payne earlier. And one of the things that I took away from him, one of the biggest things that he taught me was that, you know, the littlest things can have the biggest impact of what we do. Having a stronger ad subtract, multiply and divide can raise your clothes 5%. Giving out mugs in step 10 can reduce your cancel. I mean, these little things that Bishop was so keen on that I always found, you know, you don't have to make these big tweaks to your game to have big impacts. Right. And so I'm a firm believer that, you know, I, there's, there's, there is somebody at Erie who does something better than I do. And I want to figure out who that is and why it is. Um, because like I mentioned earlier, you know, we have 50 something offices, everybody sells the same stuff. Everybody follows the same system, but some people are better at it than others. And there's gotta be a reason for that. Um, I'm also a firm believer that success is replicatable, right? If, you know, they have success in Boston and Knoxville and Toledo, they're doing something that we could be doing down here to make us better, right? Um, so I constantly try to reach out to guys and pick their brains because, and, and you know, there's beauty in that too, because the reality is sometimes you're going to network and hear guys do things that you're going to say, ah, I don't know if I, if I like that as much, but if somebody has something to teach you, right, whether that be something you like or something you don't like. So, you know, just this week, for example, Carl, I've, you know, um, called, I want to say four to five different other general managers and just pick their brains on things. Um, and that's a big part of how, you know, we've helped reduce our cancels, that our step 10 has gotten better, that our step two has gotten better. Um, so I just love networking because you never know which general manager is going to give you this little one line or this little extra thing in step three or step five that you implement it on Monday and then Friday, you're looking at your 211 and 311, and now your close is up 6%. And it also keeps it fresh for the sales reps. You know, guys are hungry. I think a mistake a lot of managers make, I know I made, is guys are hungry for knowledge, especially as a sales rep. We're always looking for that edge, right? So, you know, our minds are like parachutes. They only work when they're open. So if we can introduce a new idea, um, and you know, that new idea might give that sales rep that little bit of extra confidence that he needs to close that extra deal. And so there's power in networking and there's power in just being honest with ourselves that, hey, we're not the best at what we do. If I can pick my brain and somebody else can help me out, why not? Free knowledge is the best knowledge, right? Beautiful. All right. Well said. So step two, let's just get right into it. Your philosophy, your method, your strategy behind it. It took you some time to implement it, just like anything. Once yeah. your guys started buying into it, everything kind of changed. It, it, you know, not only, I mean, look, uh, I know it's a little sensitive subject right now with you where we're at, at this on this day, uh, but, you know, your lead count has been a little inconsistent. But one thing that hasn't been is your guys' ability to go out, pitch, and close, whether you're getting six leads a day or 10 leads a day. So, you know, yep. that, that I know that, trust me, there's a culture, but it comes back to step two because obviously you're building the urgency to continue the close. Everyone always wants to talk about, you know, the close when they're not closing, they want to talk about the close. You kind of realize early on that, no, this is, this is, this is a different, different ball game. So I'm going to shut up. You talk and let's, let's get into it here. Well, yes. Well, step two, you know, I, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about step two is because, you know, my mentor, Jake, Jake Olson is the biggest step two proponent I think I've ever met within this company. And, you know, if, if we talk about step two, the first question that needs to be asked is why do we struggle to create urgency? 
Well, I think the number one answer, there's a few answers, okay? But the number one answer would be that we inevitably as sales reps think that after our week of basic training, um, we know a little bit about our roofing systems. We know how to inspect and we inevitably think that the problems and the urgency present themselves, right? So we can show customers a couple of pictures and we inevitably think that they see this picture. They think it's just as bad as we do. However, there's, there's a very specific reason that the goal of step two is to create urgency, not find it, right? Not take a picture of a missing shingle and think that that's going to sell you a roof. There's so much more to it. Um, our customers don't know good roofs from, from bad roofs, right? I mean, we've all been there. We all knew how much we knew about roofs on day one of basic training. Your customers are in the same spot, right? They don't know good from bad. And, and that's, that's part of our goal. Um, so we have to break in the chain of information, right? Um, step two is, is one of my favorite things to train on because A, it has an immediate impact on your close, right? The better and stronger a step two, the more deals you're going to sell. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? So the stronger your step two is, the more you're going to sell. But the reason I love step two is because it's a balancing act, right? Because urgency can only be created on things that are understood, and here's a good example. What I mean by that, Carl, is, you know, if I take my car to a mechanic, I use a lot of mechanic, you know, analogies because they're easy to understand. Right. But if I take my car to a mechanic and he says, oh, you know, your head gas is going to blow because your serpentine belt is off, you know, yada, yada, and just start. I don't understand what that means. So I don't know if that's bad or good. Right. So there has to be a fine line of we have to inform in step two, but also create urgency. And that's why this inspection form is, is so critical, because it's it's the best of both worlds. It looks professional. And we'll get into that here in just a second. But yeah. we have to we have to explain. We have to go, hey, here's a problem. But what does this problem mean for a customer? We also have to present variety. Right. Um, you know, it's if you show a customer a picture, 15 pictures of the same thing, it loses its power. You know, which sounds more drastic to you, um, to a sales rep, you know, a roof with five to six major problems or a roof with one problem that's going on in a bunch of other places, right? If the, we only present the customer with one problem, I know a lot of different roofing companies out there that can fix one problem, but I don't know very many like us that can fix five to six for 30 to 50 years, right? So that's where we start to build our credibility. And that's where we really get off to a great start um, in step two. Now, as far as on creating urgency, um, and I'll just keep on going, Carl, and if you have a question, just hop in, but you know, rambling and ranting, so here we go. Um, urgency, like I said, urgency is what's created, not what's found, and it's so critical to understand that. It is what's created and not found, and I know we mentioned it, but a great step, too, it, it really paves the way for the whole demo, okay, because another, another analogy for you, you know, if you took your car into a mechanic and you said, hey, the mechanic says, Carl, you need to get your brakes fixed. I'm going to say, okay, well, I got time. You know, how much does it cost? I might go get another couple bids, right? But if he comes to you and he says, Carl, if you don't replace your brakes on this car, you know, while you're driving home tonight, your brakes could go out and you could get into a crash. So I don't care what it costs. I don't want that to happen. I'm going to get it replaced right then and there. That's urgency, okay? It isn't just presenting a problem. It's presenting a problem and forming why it's bad and getting a timeline of what's going to happen. Right. And, you know, as far as these inspection forms, you know, I, I know you guys can't see. I know we're just talking um, right now and you guys are just going to be listening to this. But I would encourage anybody who listens to this to use an inspection form. And we are very, very strict since day one of launching Wichita. These inspection forms come in with all of our lead results. OK. And I'm sure there would be somebody who would give me a reason to not use them. 
Oh, they take time to fill out. Yeah. What's, what's two minutes going to hurt in the car before you start step two. Right. But the reality is, is that with these inspection forms, they do so much more good than they do bad. And a way I encourage sales reps to think about this and guys to think about this is, is would using an inspection form ever lose you a sale or could it only ever help you make one more that you're not getting right? So these inspection forms, there's really not a, not a good reason that anybody could ever give me to not use one. And there is, like I said, these inspection forms, guys, you know, they're, they're only limited to what your creativity is. I mean, you can get so creative with these and we have a couple of things that I'll cover with these, but these inspection forms, a couple of things that they do for us to help us, number one, they build credibility, right? Because especially, I mean, think about this guys, if they had other, you know, some other Tom, Dick and Harry remodeling company come out, measure the roof, hand them a number and leave. But we sit down and we direct our line of questioning and we sit down and we inform the customer, hey, we have this inspection sheet filled out here for you guys. It's our number one job to inform and let you know what's going on. That's immediate credibility because they haven't seen that before. No, nobody else is going to sit down with them and take time to actually explain what's going on and explain what we're going to do to fix it. So it helps build credibility, but it also really helps us give a strong step five, okay? Because it's a visual aid for us whenever we start step five to remind ourselves of, hey, what the biggest problems were so we know what we have to hammer on in step five and fix those problems. It also assists with visual, visual urgency, right? You know, people learn one of three ways, guys. They either see it, they touch it, or they feel it. Or they see it, they hear it, or they feel it, my bad. So they can either see it, as in the form of an inspection, they hear it and us verbalizing this in step two, and then they can feel it, right? They can see the visual pictures in step two. So it creates a more holistic step two if they can see everything that's wrong. Another really creative thing that I would encourage you guys to do if you want, if you're big into building credibility like I am, because I mean, let's face it, guys, when you sell expensive projects, if you don't have credibility, nobody's going to say yes to you, right? So if you want to make some more sales with Erie, you've got to have good credibility. And a great way to build credibility is to sit down with the customer. Hey, John and Mary, before I even show you a single picture, I need to show you what I need to tell you what's going on. And we walk them through the inspection form before we even show a picture. And then we start with our step two. And then we show pictures because that gives, again, a visual aid to everything that we just said that was going on. So that's instant credibility. OK, now, again, guys, there's so many creative things we can do with that. You know, John and Mary, here's this inspection form. We go through it. And then we open our iPad just as we're about to start step three. You know what, guys, if I'm being honest, we typically send our inspection photos straight to our IM, but I got to show you guys what's going on here. You guys need to see this. I haven't even shown a picture. I can guarantee you in that customer's mind, they're thinking, oh, Lord, what's going on up there, right? So immediate credibility and immediate urgency, right? But as far as this inspection form goes, guys, people, it's, it's informational. Um, it builds credibility with us and, and it's just a great tool to use. Right. Um, but as far as I know you said philosophy and teachings within step two, um, another big reason not to bring it back, but to bring it back to the very first thing I talked about is why do we struggle to create urgency? And I think another big reason that we struggle to create urgency outside of us thinking that the problems and urgency present themselves is we don't really have we don't really have a pipeline. We don't really have a guide for step two, right? If I was to put 20 inspection photos in an eerie sales rep's hands, who's 30 days out of basic training, he's going to show me a problem and tell me that it's bad, okay? But he isn't going to explain that for me. And I think one of the things that we've done, Carl, and I know you know this, is we've implemented a strategy that that really helps to do two things. 
and that's inform the customer, but also help us to create urgency. And it's what we call the three big W's. Those three big W's standing for what is happening, why it's happening, and what is going to happen if the problem isn't fixed. Now, when you really start to dissect this, it's and why we've seen such success with it is, again, it's a balancing act. It's informational, right? Because, again, urgency can only be created on things that are understood. Hey, this is what's happening. John and Mary, the reason I'm showing you this picture is because of X and Y occurring on A and B, right? Now, the reason, John and Mary, and it's important that you guys understand why this is happening, it's happening due to A, B, and C, right? So now the customer understands, hey, this is what's happening. This is why it's happening. But now comes the urgency. Now comes the fun stuff. And John and Mary, you guys need to understand that if you guys don't address this, X, Y, and Z may occur down the road, okay? So the reason that, that that's so powerful, and especially at the end there, the what's going to happen if the problem is not addressed, is if you attach a monetary value, right? Our customers need to understand, and one of the one-liners that we just recently started implementing down here in step four and step two is, John and Mary, waiting is the most expensive decision you can make, Right. That, that is such a powerful thought process to have in our prospects' hands because the more they, you know, guys, if they understand that by waiting, the project's going to get more expensive, that's inherent urgency right there in itself because urgency on spending more than what you had to, people don't want to do that, right? So there has to be a monetary value attached to the what is going to happen, okay? Because if I'm sitting with a customer, again, remember, guys, people don't know good from bad with roofs right? It's always blown my mind. And we were just talking about this this morning. I was talking about it with Rob, my ASM, is that we tend to do better on roofs that really are not necessarily the worst, but are kind of getting on that curve of getting bad. And the reason that, uh, that that is, is that people are perspective, right? People don't want things to get bad, right? But also within that, we have to attach a monetary value because if I'm sitting with John and Mary homeowner and they know very little about roofing. And I say, hey, if you guys don't get these leaks addressed, we could be looking at a full redeck. Okay, well, what, is, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean to them? How is that going to affect them? Versus if I say, hey, John and Mary, if you let these leaks continue, you guys could be looking at some severe damage to your decking, which could lead to having to replace all of your decking. And guys, with the cost of lumber right now, you're looking at adding an extra three to four, maybe $5,000 onto your project. Whew. Well, I can tell you right now, they're not going to want to wait to spend an extra five to four to five, six thousand dollars. They're going to want to get that taken care of right now. So, bam, again, immediate urgency. Right. Um, so always attach that monetary value. So that's that's kind of our philosophy within step two. And it kind of gives us a guideline now within the three big W's, guys, it probably goes without saying. But if you're taking the right amount of pictures, you know, 10 to 15 of the outside, 10 to 15 of the inside, you're not going to use the three big W's on every single picture because then your step two is going to be an hour long. So I encourage my guys, use the three big W's on the four to five most drastic pictures that you have, right? That's where it's going to be the most powerful. That's where you're going to get your best shot at creating that urgency that's going to help you to make that sale. Another big thing that I'm very, very, that we're very, very prone to here in Wichita is the language that we use, right? If you want to sound like every other Joe, Joe Schmo contractor, tell them that it's bad. Tell them that it's not good. Tell them they need to fix it. Well, that doesn't really separate us, guys. Okay. A quick little acronym to help you guys and help your language out in step two is ACU. Alarming, concerning, and urgent. Right? Alarming, concerning, and urgent. You use those three words. People don't associate those three words with, you know, good. 
right? Alarming, concerning, and urgent. John Amir, I needed to show this to you because it was alarming. This is very concerning to me. How long has this been going on? I think we can both agree that this is an urgent fix that needs to be taken care of sooner rather than later, right? So the language is big in what we use in helping create urgency as well, okay? But that also ties right into one of the last things as it relates to um, step two is the tie downs, okay? Tie downs are one of those things that everybody at Erie, Erie loves to talk about tie downs, um, but then we just kind of flunk the test whenever they, uh, um, whenever it comes to actually getting tie downs, right? But the more that we tie down early in our demonstration, the more we tie down in step two, the better that we, A, maintain control, B, we're more prone to customers listening to what we have to say, keeping interest, which means we're not going to get rushed through step three and step four, because doesn't everybody love when you get halfway through step three and they say, let me see the price, right? You're going to have who's more interested, okay, wants to hear what you have to say, okay, what are some good examples of some tie downs, right? Well, a great question that I encourage guests to start asking today, you show a customer a picture, ask them how long it's been going on, because you're going to hear one answer, okay, I don't know. That immediately ties into us. Well, we can get a tie down out of that. Well, now that we know what's happening, this definitely needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. Agreed. After seeing these problems, would you guys ever consider using these kind of materials again? Well, definitely not. Getting those good tie downs that we can stuff our back pocket and bring them out when we really need them. Okay. But as it relates to this inspection form, guys, I, I'm telling you, if you don't have one, um, reach out and get one because they, they will never do more harm than they do good right? It, it helps us build credibility. It gives a visual aid to the urgency. It also, if you're a little bit newer and you're listening to this, it helps you. It's a cheat sheet, right? It, it helps you and it's a cheat sheet to help guide you through step step two. Um, but again, if you guys use these three big W's, what we find is that our customers are really starting to understand, you know, the, the why's behind and the what's going on behind the roof. They don't look at a picture of a missing shingle. We don't show a picture of a missing shingle and say, hey, it's a missing shingle. Anybody can do that, but it takes a skilled rep. It takes a talented guy to explain, hey, what's going on? Why is it going on? And what's going to happen if you continue to let this go on? That right there, gentlemen, that is urgency. And that's going to help us close more sales along with using the proper language, alarming, concerning, and urgent. Okay. But ask, ask good questions, get good tie downs because step two, there's a reason guys that we put step two at the front of our demo. And that's because it's one of the most powerful steps we have. And then one of the steps that if you get better at, it will have a direct impact on the sales that you make and the money that you bring to you and your family. Yeah. And, you know, and just to, to back that up, I mean, you've got one of the not only the best conversion rates as far as new locations opened in 2022, but you're in the top five in the entire company in conversion rate for the year. Maybe you didn't even know that, but uh, you're yeah. So, I mean, I think everything you say, you know, kind of backs that up. All right. I, I just have one, just a brief follow-up question. And I, I always try to, sometimes you guys that know me, know me, think like a rep would think, or maybe someone that's new. So let's say, you know, you talked a lot about the three W's and, and the issues and all good stuff. What do we do with the houses or the roofs that aren't that bad? Or we kind of are having a hard time finding things maybe that, uh, you know, need to be addressed, or maybe I'm a newer rep and there's some things that I'm, I'm having a hard time, you know, uh, picking out to build urgency. It almost feels like this roof is practically new for that type of a client. Cause let's face it. We, we, we get all, all walks of life and, and this is more common than I think right. many guys believe. So 
Um, what is your, um, you know, two cents worth or, or comment on, on that? Yeah. So it's, it's one of the, it's one of my favorite things to hear when a new rep gets out and he says, well, Hey, I can't find anything wrong. Okay. Well, fun fact for you, buddy. That's why the goal is to create, not what we find it's create. Right. So like I said, you know, creative closers make more money. Confident closers make more money. So get creative in your step two. It's, it's all about perspective guys. We are perspective salesmen. There is no exchange of goods. When a customer signs a contract with us, we don't leave their shingles at their front door, right? Same thing with step two. It has to be perspective. We have to look down the road, okay? And if I'm being honest with you, Carl, those are the same. When, when a sales rep, sometimes we get a little bit backwards on this as sales reps. When we pull up to a house and we see a roof that is just shot, we get excited. But the reality is, guys, that didn't happen overnight. You'll find that those roofs are harder to build urgency on because They've driven home the last four years and they've seen that every single night, right? So it's kind of harder to create urgency on those versus if the roof, because this is, again, ties back into the language that we can use. John and Mary, are you familiar with the term exponential growth, right? Where it grows by just a little and then it just takes off, right? Your retirement, I'm sure, is the same way. Well, roofs are the same way. Your guys' roof is showing signs of get that exponential growth. It's not as bad as it could be, but guys, I would definitely recommend you get this taken sooner, sooner rather than later. That way you guys don't have a choice. That way you guys don't put yourself to where you don't have choice, right? So it has to be perspective. You have to get them looking down the road and not focused on the now. And I think, again, those are what those are the opportunities to sales reps where we should get really excited because we pull up to a roof and we don't immediately see urgency. Well, there's a reason, guys. There's still a reason they called us, Right. And you'll find, I think any seasoned sales rep would tell you um, that we tend to do better on roofs that are in the younger age range than the super old range and are just battered and torn to, to shreds. And that's the reason, because we're prospective salesmen and we sell the future, not the now. Very, very good. Well, uh, great, great stuff. Uh, overall, we're kind of coming up on the time here. So, you know, guys, uh, I will, uh, like the other uh, people that have been guests, I will make their contact information available. Uh, again, we're looking at eventually probably setting up some type of an email uh, to where you guys can put in requests, whether you want to talk to me or uh, you want to talk about a certain subject or part of the system. So again, um, you know, uh, let's, let's take this all in today. Uh, what's great is you can play it back a few times now, right? It's because it's it's recorded and edited for your your hearing pleasure. Cade, uh, before we go, I, I want to just kind of wrap it up. Um, again, good, great stuff today. So I, I've been asking some guys questions when it comes to where they're at uh, in their careers or maybe things that they've learned or been through. So my question to you today is, what would you, the person you are now, or let's say the manager or the rep that you are now, would tell the rep you were when you first started within your first 90 days? Oh, my God. That's, again, such a good question. Is, you know, guys, any, if you're new and you're listening to this or, or you're experienced and you're listening to this, you just got to remind yourselves, guys, that it's it'll be worth it. Okay? And if there's one thing that I could tell me, and my, you know, looking back my first 90 days, 120 days with the company, wish I could just tell, it, it'll be worth it. You know, the late night drives after two demo, no sales, getting home at 12 a.m., you know, the weeks where you just can't seem to get a yes, right? You sell three straight deals and they all reject. Guys, 
it does, it's going to be worth it. Okay. It'll be worth it. And the number one thing that I've told my guys, Carl, and I think you'll really like this is that, you know, I, I'm brutally transparent with my guys. Hey, there are better sales reps. There were better sales reps than me at Erie. I'm sure there are better sales managers than me at Erie. There were better senior reps. There were better ASMs, right? I'm transparent, but you know, the reason that I got to this chair that I think is that I, I didn't, I didn't quit. I didn't give up on myself. You know, I, I bet on myself. And if you guys just bet on yourselves and you don't quit when the going gets hard. And that's, again, one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about this company and so passionate about the guys who succeed with us is, guys, let's face it. If selling roofs was this easy and this profitable, everybody would quit their jobs and come do it. But it takes a special guy to succeed with us. It, it takes an old school hard knocks guy who can just who doesn't quit when the going gets tough. So just tell yourselves and remind yourselves. It's going to be worth it, guys. And if you just don't give up and you just maintain the discipline, stay in your KPSS and just keep your head held high. I mean, it, it'll be worth it, guys. Just don't give up when the going gets tough. It'll be worth it. I promise you. All right. Well, we're going to end it on that note. Uh, Kate, thanks again for, for joining and spending a little time. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks again. Thanks, Carl.